Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Whew, I was up late last night. I was. Uh, we had a conversation last morning. night, and I was up late, and I got wrapped around the axle playing around with this new feature that came out for Power BI recently called Tables. It's like it's enhanced <laughs> tables, or I don't know what I don't know how you describe it. I don't. We, we were joking about this last last night, like. Finally, a feature that we've we've pushed Microsoft to make better tables inside Power BI and access to data. Um, I like it. I think it's a really slick feature. Yeah, I think this, this table ex- thing may catch ex- off. Exportable formatted data tables, right? Exportable tables. Exportable formatted data tables. Yeah. So basically, that's that's kind of funny. Report Builder has now gotten to the cloud faster than power bi desktop (laughs) that's true that is literally it that is exactly true that is exactly what happened there the report and so uh, i will say this interestingly enough even though it is report builder when i look at the feature set on that one when you look at so there is you can style these reports but they're basic there's nothing to them like it's yeah hey it's just data dump man i know it is a data dump but I'm looking you're at you're it. just gonna export it into Excel. Why you don't need all the fancy features and stuff? That then oh, you can man. go back to I know. report builder. I just feel like I'm on everything and everything. So uh, needy, Mike. So needy. so needy. I'm like the one with all the needs. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. It, it was. It's a cool feature. You can literally just pick any old data set. Right click, create, create um table, create exportable table. Boom! Drag fields over, grab measures, drop it on the plate, drop it on the the table. Stuff just starts showing up. You add uh, new grains of data, like you know, category and date, time. Boom! Just starts making more rows. I thought it was cool. I was like, this is this is really nice. So I really really like that feature. Anyways, I think Microsoft is is listening to us. They're adding some well needed access totally. to data features totally you know i mean in the last what 13 months we've been doing this the, what influence know, this have we this, done? Yes. this was a rapid rapid development right cycle like they they just cranked this out six months just like the eyes and now are urgency important matrix they literally just put topics from the podcast mm-hmm. yeah so, and and my point you know, last night was we i i agree right um with the uh donald parrot what donald parish puts in the chat right this is where they should have been five minutes to wow. Yes. This 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 should have had that moniker, 100%. I agree with that one. <laughs> five minutes to exporting the data to Excel. Wow. <laughs> five minutes to export. Oh, my goodness. That would be great. Awesome. Um, <laughs> any other kind of big announcements that are going on? I believe there's a big conference happening this week. Build yeah. starts this week. Yes. Microsoft Build, Build starts today. Today. At yes. 10 a.m., Central's time, uh, eight a.m. Pacific 8 time. PST. I, PDT. I have never been to a build conference. I'm really, I, I'm looking forward to the day when they actually start opening those back up again, and I can go back and to the build conference. But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of teasers for this, uh, for this keynote on, uh, at build. So I'm guessing there's going to be some good stuff to watch and listen to there. So looking forward to that. I'm excited to see what they're going to announce. And what are these? Is it I mean, on the, is it on the game, plus side game changer worthy? Is it, is it moniker game yeah. changer worthy? As long as at least, at least yeah. we have our topic set for next week. All, That's true. Build, true. Build stuff. Yeah. Well, this is why you love all these these big announcements and events. It just gives us more fodder. 
Oh, it does. It totally does. Yeah. We can it just add more fuel to the fire here. Microsoft, you keep doing what you're doing. We're going to keep doing what we do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're going to keep ignoring us because we're so small. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I think I think our chat helps us out with more of our topics than I would than agree. Microsoft does in completing things that we tell them to do. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, definitely, very much so. Um, I will also call out. There's a couple other things that are coming on this week that I think are at least worthy to note. This is stuff that's coming from the Power BI blog. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Let's see if I get the right. Um, it'll be led by Alex Powers and the Power BI Cat team. There's going to be a Power BI Dev Camp on Thursday the 26th. So coming up here in two days. That one looks pretty good. Um, interesting, they have the picture, they, they talk about this dev camp will be led by Alex Powers, um, but they have a picture of Ted Pattinson, I think. Mm, so, yeah. so, so maybe Ted's, I mean, I think Ted's on the, the, the team as well, but I believe Ted does a lot of the dev stuff and I really like his content. He's yeah. really good about all of his dev work. Uh, he does a really good job explaining things. So if Ted's doing it, Ted, if you're on the internet, uh, I hope you are because you're great at all the dev work. I like working on your the content that you create. Uh, he's a great uh, trainer and, and person who can do really good jobs around teaching people how to use the, the deeper parts of Power BI. Super Ted's, like it. Yeah, Ted actually, fun little little side bit. Ted uh, had a consulting gig. He did. In he, was Tampa. In, he was in Florida, right? He was in Florida. Yeah. So that's actually where we met. And he helped me be, really relaunch the Tampa user group. Really? So, yeah. So for the, like the first three, four months, uh, when we were doing the user group and we we're just getting our feet on the ground, he would attend. He was really helping me out. He introduced me because Chuck would always visit him because they always fish. Oh yes. Yeah. They, they seemed like two high school buddies just living it up every time that they would come to a user group. So, but no. And then, I mean, then he, he's had a bunch of stuff at the summit even before he worked at Microsoft and yeah, he does a lot of amazing stuff on the embedded side. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely reached out to him a couple of things. I've actually tried to get some interesting embedded things working so he's been i've asked him for some questions he's been really good about hey did you look here here's some, here's some sample code maybe we try this one out i'll also i'll also throw this in there since we're talking about embedded the playground the power bi playground playground.powerbi.com is absolutely incredible they've been adding little features here and there and it is amazing what you can do in there now uh really really cool so really like the uh the embedded playground as well they've been making some good improvements there any other key announcements or things, other items we should discuss or review? Yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to hold our tongue on some things. People have been talking about it online. I'm going to wait until I wait. hear anything official. I want to hear some official so, things. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Bite your good topics people. for next week. Good yeah, exactly. Next week, right. How will this play yeah. out? Anyway. What yes, will happen to Bill? On. Dun, dun, dun. Excellent. Well, let's move on to today's topic. I think this is going to be a pretty good topic. I mean, I say this, but I think pretty much every week. Um, this is going to be a mediocre topic. We'll switch it up a little bit. This will be all right. Just kidding. <laughs> so this is talking a lot about... Um, so I guess I have to frame this question a little bit. The, the, the topic for today is called dealing with the spoke. And this is kind of... There's a couple woven concepts into this topic here for today. So the idea here is... There's this concept of the hub and spoke approach to doing um, business intelligence. There's a central hub or a center of excellence or a centralized BI location where the the experts live to do things around organizational BI. And we're not what things we're not talking about here is um, 
we're not talking about all of the self-service BI pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about self-service BI and centralized BI or governed BI, the, these are things that fit on a, like I would call like a spectrum, right? It's central BI. It's everything's built for you. All the reports are catered. There's a team that's building everything and certifying it. There's a lot more rigor around a, a governed or a data set that's coming from that team. And then there's across the organization, there's a lot of layers of how self-service these reports become. So anyways, um, the idea here at the Hub and Spoke is the, the, the center portion is your team leading the Power BI exercise. And then these spokes are individuals who live in potentially different business units. They're uh, knowledgeable. They know their data in their area. They may be doing some very heavy, deep things around Excel or building their own Power BI data models or serving their own team in a data way. Um, so the idea here is how, you know, how, how do you work with that person that is out on the spoke that is uh, not, it, not being paid by the central team, but adds a lot of value to the different business units of your company. Seth, any other thoughts you want to add in there for, you know, the, the, the concept of dealing with the spoke? bespoke De visuals dealing with people yeah this would be a boring <laughs> conversation <laughs> yeah we never talk about talking dealing with people <laughs> no i i think it i think it should be a good one right like we you you lay it out as more of an infrastructure and team interaction thing well that's how i was perceiving initially definitely, there's definitely a the data component of this as well right like what what is your company doing with its data and why are you aligning your structure, I guess, uh, uh, you know, your organizational structure in this way, which is also kind of the way you're, you're managing your data in today's day and age with cloud sources and ways in which we can kind of pull data together and share it across the company in different ways, right? Because you're talking yeah. about data access to access enablement and ensuring that your organization has the appropriate and types of reporting that it needs, you know, and that support, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a it's an interesting role for the that the, the BI team. Tommy, your thoughts? Did I did I well, like, yeah. did you do you come at this with a different angle than I, how I was thinking about it? Yeah, I feel like we're pretty balanced today because we have the product we, or the people, the product that I was going to say how essential the process is to this. Oh, so it's like we planned this but we actually didn't we didn't we but didn't. but that's that's my up. first take yeah <laughs> i'm telling yeah. you man all, this is not the first time people process and technology has come up on the podcast P yeah. ppt uh comes up if, quite yeah. often if you asked me what the most essential aspect to have a good have sturdy spokes so to speak and have that as work over time to me it's about the process uh, and what processes you have in place. I think when you're dealing with other teams, you're going to deal with different, slightly different cultures, different behaviors, different way of doing things. And they're, they have True. their own different needs because they have different bosses. Agreed. So it's a, it's a little different ecosystem. That being said, what we can do and what should be done from the centralized BI is setting expectations, expectations on what data is available. How do the data comes in? Uh, so the users, the people at the end of the spoke knows what to expect and knows what resources they have available to them. So is that benefit, but they also need to know yep. in a sense, the call it the stick, but knowing where are the limitations and what are, what's responsible of them or what is required of them. Mm -hmm. Having that relationship 
not to i'm not going to burn the wheel analogy here but in a sense allowing that to continue to turn is essential because to me i can see this and i've seen it in other situations where you've had that situation you lose the process you lose that communication Mm -hmm. and immediately things go rogue and immediately it becomes not uh not a spoke but tentacles and it becomes literally these pieces that are missing so to me it's all about setting expectations continually not just on the onset i'm i'm gonna pull up an analogy here but i don't know if this is if this is right or not i feel like a lot of um bi of things i was talking with my team the other day just just working at doing data how anyways this is just personal observation Data is like it has it has a level of entropy to it, and this is a very very engineering way entropy. Um, everything tries to fall to a, a low the lowest level energy and at equilibrium, right? That's yeah. what that's what entropy is. And I feel like it doesn't matter what I work on, whether it's a, an application, whether it's a Power BI report, whether it's cleaning data, everything has this lowest you know common denominator that it just. If if it if the dirty if the data is just messy and dirty and no one's paying attention to it, it's just going to stay messy and dirty. There's going to be bad fields. People are going to put in weird data. It just won't be clean, and you can't use it for your reporting. So I feel like the analogy I'm going after here is running a BI team or working in companies with business intelligence is like pushing a rock uphill. You're oh like sometimes the hill is very steep and it's hard to push that rock. Other times that hill is somewhat flat and you're just kind of able to roll the rock along but regardless i feel like it always takes effort and planning to keep things moving forward to keep making progress if you and if you let go like you said tommy if you just stop doing something the rock just starts rolling downhill it it, yeah. it gets and it, it gets messy the reports get dirty yeah. like they don't work stuff starts breaking you have to keep people on it to keep it working that's a that's across everything though, right? Like in if it's probably Tommy, I, I, I love your, I love your points, right? Because when we start when we talked about the adoption roadmap and all of the different components, you know, that an organization would need to increase the data culture, like this this topic kind of fits in there, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the key tenets that I absolutely agree with before you even dive into that whole world is spend time really understanding how that network that you're creating, right? The, mm. the, the hub and spoke, that path between mm-hmm. those teams is going to work or between the organization. What are, what are the roles of this team? What are the roles of your team and how do they interact? How do, how do you deal with these situations or how do you promote data sets or how do you get the access to data or how are problems triaged? or how do you uh, request certain things, right? That framework, I'm a huge proponent of because it provides the reference for everybody to learn from, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, you're introducing something new to an organization or you're trying to strengthen it. In those conversations, you have to have the same starting point, right? Like you you may start and iterate on that process, Right. I'm not I'm not advocating for spend two years developing a a process and then launch it out. Right. I'm advocating for having one so that 
all of the conversations that go around this interaction and how these teams work and how you build out that stronger and stronger process sure. that's going to work better within the organization, that it's there. there's a central location, right, mm-hmm. that becomes part of the data culture and becomes part of the organization until it's an onboarding thing, right? Everybody knows that this is the way we we use and, and work with each other as well as the data in the organization itself. And I think we're we're not necessarily lacking, but one of the more underassumed or undervalued parts of this is it's a relationship that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And very much where I'll always get frustrated with the, the, the end of the spoke. And there's been another things like, well, why are they doing it that way? It's like, well, maybe I wasn't providing the resources where if I was on the other, other on the other end and I wasn't getting the necessary resources, I'm going to find an alternative too. I'm not just going right. to wait around. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember both sides of this, where we, we always talk about what are the consumer needs, right? Oh. But what are the needs for that spoke? What are the needs for that analyst that we might not necessarily be their boss, their leader, but at the same time, we kind of are the leadership figure in terms of from the data point of view. And we need to direct how much we're going to open the funnel for data to what they need, but also ensuring that they adhere to the process, adhere to the values of how we build reports. So th- it's a weird dance. It's a weird relationship. I I think this is, I liked your, your, um, so Tommy, it was funny. You're, you're talking to like the, the people part of this, right? It's a relationship between you and the, and the spoke. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about some of the interactions I've had in the past with working with the spokes part of the organizations. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're engaging with them, but there, you almost have to like, I don't know. I, I think of it, I think of it from a consulting standpoint, cause I'm the consultant, right? I'm kind of like showing up to that department and trying to sell the opportunity of, Hey, work with us. Here's what can, here's how I can help you. But can you help me with this? Like, so you're kind of like doing this like negotiation part to here uh, between you and the business. And I I've had a number of times, it's a fine line between, you know, going into a, 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 a hub or on the spoke end, a, a business mm-hmm. unit and saying, Show me what you're doing. Let me help you. Do you need access to information? I have the information because I'm part of the central BI team. What can I help do to help you um, get to the data? But I don't know your domain knowledge, right? A lot of the t- like you probably get familiar with it if you work with it a long time, but the people in those business units know what is required, what questions they're asking, what they're trying to do in their job. And so, I don't know, it, it just becomes one of these like, how do how do you get how do you provide enough assistance that they become capable, but not provide so much assistance that they become reliant on you? Like, oh, I need Mike again. Oh, I need Mike. 100%, it, right? Like, it, there's, there's a fine, like, you want to give them a lot of help. You want to show them capability. You want to show them this is a better way of doing it. But then you need to be able to back off and be like, okay, now it's your turn. You try it. Like, you build the next thing. And mm-hmm. I get a lot of, sometimes I get a lot of questions like, oh, we're just too busy. We don't have time to learn new things. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that is that is a characteristic of a, of a person or maybe that's a maybe it's a process i don't know person if i hear phrases like we're too busy to move forward or we're too busy to learn something new it really turns me off like i, I don't think you're the right time of the you're not the right team for me this is not the right team to to push into power bi well it, it, yeah <clears throat> right but at the same time like some some of your some tentacles are stronger than others right like 
I, I, would, I would agree. I guess, yep. I guess when, when we're talking about support of different groups and things, mm-hmm. I, I think first and foremost, you know, roles and responsibilities, right? My team will is responsible for doing these things. And maybe that's in uh, a, a spike intro of we're going to stand up a few reports for you. We're going to, you're going to give us a resource or somebody that's going to support these and build on them and I think learn how to do needed. that. Yes. Like as a, an intro of, you know, um, helping to facilitate reporting within within the organization, right? And there yep. might be some people issues right there, right? Because it's like, well, I, I'm a guy, I'm an Excel guy. I'm not learning this new stuff, or yeah, true, whatever the case may be. Yep, it, that that's a different kind of problem. Well, they don't have to learn Excel now. Um, they can just go export from Excel to tables now. They can just go get their right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> it, but but sometimes, like in terms of like strength of spoke, right? I think that's going to align or should put probably with the strategies of the organization, right? Like, what are the big key factors that you need to invest a lot of time in? You might be investing a lot more time in a certain you know business area or areas as a BI team because your directive is to say, hey, forty percent of your time really needs to go over here because we need to help them build help build out these reports, these insights for the organization. But at the same time, these are key key elements that need to continue. You know, you have to train or build somebody up. And that's that's the responsibility of the spoke is there's going to be somebody that assumes the responsibilities, understands how to, you know, create these this type of reporting and is able to support that in the future and hopefully be an advocate, right? Somebody that interacts really well with the BI team on a regular basis because they're they're picking up uh, what they need to do and, and running with it. Um, in, in all of these interactions, whether it's, I think the first or latter on, right? Defining, defining the handoffs between these teams is really important though, because yeah. what I've seen is where, where the, those waters are muddy or where somebody doesn't have clear ownership of things is where things right really start to get get muck mm-hmm. muck get muck get sticky get right sticky. in the words how words do, how, how are we accomplishing what we need to as an organization right. because there's multiple touch points already but is that a clear path are there clear owners on both sides um, and handoffs because if there's one thing that's been really interesting for me in in the evolution of how Power BI as as a tool has been adopted throughout organizations, it's a lot of these conversations that we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. The in betweens yes. happen a lot more. Yeah, right? like I totally you're agree. Integrated into all these spots where you're constantly pushing. Yes, and when you when you can start to eliminate some of that with your organization you're reducing a lot of those handoffs and, and some of the breaks that breakdowns that happen within I would agree with know, that our, our area. I think so yeah I think, I think it's yeah. hard. I think you made a note there at the end that I thought was really relevant here. And I think even Chris Wagner is talking about this in the chat a little bit, which I also want to point out as well. <clears throat> There's this concept of like you can build like centralized models and you can allow users to create composite models, which is a model but using like basically direct query to analysis services. So it's a model of models essentially where you can allow business units or the spoke to kind of enhance things. And this kind of, to me, begs the question here around, I really like this idea of being able to like build something that's solid to begin with and then sharing it into the spoke and letting the spoke consume content from that central model or design or whatever, whatever that is. But really what I think I challenge a lot of people here is what is the process to then bring those changes back into the main thing? 
Like there's there's not like yeah. even even just talking about cleaning up existing models. Do you have like do do you? And this is maybe something that speaks maybe to the maturity of the BI team. Do you actually have a process where you can? Do you have a process in place that regularly reviews models to clean them up, to get out measures or columns or remove things? Or if, like, if I looked at some of your models that you have in production, how many of those models have calculated columns in them? How many of those columns, how many of those models um, have a little bit too much snowflaking and not enough star schema? And I, I think, the, you, know, of, you know, if you had to look at all those models, it's hard to do that. That's a lot of work to get that stuff figured out. And then... As people develop more onto this, is there a cadence? Do you do this monthly? Do you review your models and figure out who else is building content across the organization and bring that content or promote that content into these main models? I don't know. Seem, seems really interesting. So I'll take a slight step back because from a lot of the things that you guys are, are communicating, to me, I think we've, we've talked about empathy a lot from the consumer side. But I think we really need to think about this too from the spoke side where, at least in my experience, I've always expected out of the, the analysts what process I want in place. But we really need to also have the empathy on that end of the spectrum because they have their own boss with their own pressures. So to me, I think I totally what would help to, to the, to the nitty gritty stuff that you're talking about from calculated columns there's two questions I think could really help continually asking to help build pro the right processes for the right teams is what do we need from the spoke and what do they need from us? Mm. What And I think continuing to ask those two questions helps that relationship. So we're satisfying since their needs where they may have a boss who requires things very quickly and they have that external pressure that we don't have to deal with. But, we need them to use certain models if they're going to report on something that's governed or just to have the right templates, right? Mm -hmm. Where like you have to build reports in a certain way. So we need you to adhere to our standards and to use these processes the way we do. But you need from us the available data and also that insights for us to build these things because we have this intense pressure from our department that you don't. I have a question. I'm gonna yeah. pull, I'm gonna pull uh, a a question here for a moment. Who does who like as you're doing this? As you're, as you're describing that to me, I feel like there's that's a lot of work to like make sure everyone so like document the standard and then reviewing everyone's content to meet the standard. How how do mm -hmm. you manage? Like who does all the so, reviewing of that? Is that is that so, a peer yeah. review? Does that does this stuff get published before things can get published to an audience? You have to go through a peer review back to the BI team. So depending on the size of the team, there's there's a few approaches. Okay. And let's say you have a pretty built out analyst role where you have per department or per spoke multiple members. Okay. One of the things that I've tried is you identify the most competent person, the leader of that, in a sense, group, who's either been there a while or the person you can trust. That person, in a sense, is probably going to own a workspace. So we, you basically have that levels of you have the Power BI administrator, but you also have a work make, workspace administrator where there is that we're going to give you more than the average user, but you are responsible for the content in this workspace that it adheres. Mm -hmm. Because 
again, the more people you deal with, the harder it is to exactly your point to make sure that they're hearing to it. So you kind of have, in a sense, your, I want to say sub managers, but you're kind of like your lieutenants, so to speak Mm -hmm. in each content area. Like you own, you're the subject matter expert in marketing or you're the subject matter expert in, 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 in sales. So we need, you are responsible for the content. If there's a problem here, I'm going to you. I'm not going to the user. Agreed. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And, yeah. And so I'm, but that's, I think that works a, in a very okay, particular I, situation. I like, I like that answer because there's, I mean, and Chris Wagner's chiming in here on the, on the chat. He's like, there's no way you can review everything across your organization. It just right. needs to be. Right. If, and then the larger your organization, the less you probably have full control over those key things. But, I, yeah. but, I, but I like, I like your idea here of, at least being able to, I would say at a minimum, you need a person who takes ownership of that, right? If that right. Did, if that data set's getting out, if it's shared, there's a part of the process that says, you know, hey, go back. To, you know, Seth is handling these things from this team. If there's something wrong, here's the owner of that data set. I, and I think applying ownership of these different things, of these different assets, I think makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, and being able to build a process around Hey, do you have a question about this report? Does some of the data look wrong in this report? You know, um, you can funnel those back to the owner of that information, and it's up to and, them to, yeah. to to own it or handle it or or figure it out or not. Well, and the incentive too is you provide them that leadership role where you're telling, in a sense, like you can put this on your resume, but you are the workspace admin, like you're the leader of your group, and you provide them that leadership training on for their team, right? So. Mm-hmm. Just because obviously you're putting more work on one particular user. So in a sense, they don't have to because you're not their boss. Yes. So in order for them to, in a sense, adhere or have a positive outlook to do it, you know, provide them like you are the leader of your team kind of thing. And it comes with these benefits and it comes with these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So, but that being said, that's still, that's not a universal approach. A quick example or a quick, item that came across someone messaged me on linkedin and they're like yeah the scanner api is not working out for me i said yeah what's going on they're like well i have twenty two thousand workspaces that i'm going over in one time that's a lot so of stuff. yeah try try imagining going through that content mm-hmm. so there's obviously different approaches i so um i think it was uh kevin makes a note here we only review what items go into premium. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good breakpoint. I think that's yeah. a really good note here is, you know, if something is going into premium, you're paying dollars. And, and particularly, like, if you're on a P1, I mean, you're paying lots of dollars to make sure that premium is up and running and doing a good job of whatever it is. So, sure, you got a bunch of pro licenses running around. Have at it, guys. Build what you got to build. But if it goes into premium... Anything published into these premium workspaces goes through, again, to, to your point, Tommy, here's the process, here's the checklist that we've developed that goes into developing those things for premium. It's, it's interesting, though, because if you think about the premium model, it's so that you don't have to license all of your report, all mm-hmm. your report users, right? And if, you're, if your wider audience of the organization are just consuming reports, all of your reports have to be in premium. Yes and no. Well, I mean, you can it. you can be selective if if you're the type of organization that like is doing premium for external reporting or you know something Maybe. for a limited case basis. Sure. But if you're sharing anything, you you would need all those other users outside of that to have a pro license. Then 
but you're but you're saying well i mean again, some companies just automatically have like well there's there's limitations too at a pro user level right so at a pro user level you can't get to a certain model size right so bigger data models don't fit in pro so once you get above okay. a gig so I, i'm just i'm just I, I guess i'm like i'm talking about like it's an interesting thought because I don't know if I, yeah. I'm necessarily on board with it. Well, um, yeah, I'm gonna flush it out I, a little bit. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about it more. If you, if, well, or if you just want to move on, it's fine too. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just gonna say, like, what, what do you? So you're looking at an organization that is only. I mean, I would think there would be more authors. Oh, it's, it's, okay, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to digest your comment, right? Models are getting built. Reports are getting distributed through the premium stuff. There's a whole bunch of other users in the organization that don't have premium. Is that what you're saying? And you're saying those users. Well, why, I'm why saying what's the difference? Hardware? Right. What is the difference between reviewing everything and reviewing premium only mm -hmm. when your premium pays for everybody to view things? Right. So. This is the, I want to make a comment on that. And this goes into the governance thing for me. If you were to, if this doesn't work as well with premium, actually doesn't work at all with premium per user. But to me, this is a great feature of premium capacities where that diamond icon on a workspace doesn't just designate premium to us. That designates a certified workspace by the BI team. So people, you can publish your reports all day long to your own you know, your own workspace, but in order for you to publish to premium, this is part of the governance. It has to go through that review process. And if you don't adhere to the process and the policies, you lose access to that workspace. So yeah, go ahead and publish your reports in my workspace. No one can see it. I think where, where I came from your comment, Seth was premium allows the user where you're publishing content to premium allows that stamp of approval and those people not just viewing, but also working in it, you know they're adhering to it. If they're not following standards, if they're not, you know, using the right templates. And even though there's been conversations like just letting you know, you've lost access to this workspace. But so that suggests that suggests to me that you have other workspace. And, and this is where I'm driving. Mm -hmm. I think it's workspace yeah, driven I'm, I'm as sure. opposed to license driven. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it depending on not depending on the org, right? What this suggests is you have pro, everybody has pro and premium. Right. Because you wouldn't have other workspaces or reports right. that would be being shared within a wider audience without a premium license. And that that's where I'm hung up, right? Like yeah. I think I think it makes sense to say, hey, uh each champion or each spoke has a a workspace that is highly governed right like all the reports in here get reviewed I think to I'll... make sure that it that it's going wider but i, I, I just don't see I, i'm not arguing like hey does that work or not i'm, I'm yeah arguing, no no correct like, i know you're not arguing that part i think i think i'm gonna hard disagree with you on this one i think there is a use case bring it <laughs> so so i i think there is so this is okay dan meisner was is what i, I was going to point out so some companies already have an e5 so they already so by default everyone gets yeah, pros. You're fall, okay. So but, you're falling into the exact argument I'm saying. No, right? I'm not. You but have I to have pro. You have to have a license outside of premium. Agreed. 
to get okay. to share. That's my argument. Yeah. It, that doesn't work, though, in all other organizations where they're paying for premium so that they can share reports to a wider audience without the need for licensing. It doesn't work. All you have is premium. Either. Um, so I, I understand, but I, I'm, I'm just an, saying, I guess, I guess my point is where I'm, where I'm hanging my thought here on this one is those premium workspaces. If you overload those premium instances, you're just forced to buy bigger premium or more premiums. So for me, like where I'm looking at this situation going, why do we want to review everything going into anything premium is those things need to be optimized as to a probably a pretty good degree, because if there's an easy way for you to save money in your company, it's to take you from a P2 to a P1 because you optimize something because you implemented incremental refresh or I mean, that's huge cost savings across your organization. And I think what happens is as those premium SKUs get used and your organization uses more and more of them, you get more of these reports that are full load refreshing all the time, or there's multiple data sets that are continually refreshing from a server and the backend servers are getting overloaded. So there's, there's, you know, now we're using data flows to load tables and that's creating more pressure on X, Y, Z other things. So I think it's a lot, it's a lot more of like a balancing act that's going on um, when you're in that, in that premium space. So I, I think I, I think we're scaling past into different types of orgs. Right? I, I, I would agree. If I you're think you're in right. the realm of exceeding Correct. capacity, you're you're in a larger org. You're in a big org. Right? I would where, agree with that 100%. You, you probably have E5 or licensing is not a big deal. I'm just exactly. I'm saying in cases where hey, we're just we're we're launching this model, I'm I'm building a champion in a spoke or there is an audience, I, I guess. In some cases, maybe it works. In others, there's an expectation that you have additional licensing. Sure. And that's why I'm saying I wouldn't wrap it around the premium only as review because mm. oh, 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 I, I have, yeah, yeah. have a lot. I have a lot of other things that have to be shared in the org. Right. I, no, and gonna, that's where okay, I would I'm say it's now. more workspace driven. Okay. Because or types of things that, you know, aren't going to get into, you know, the, the, reviewed workspace whereas there needs to be a general team hmm. reporting workspace where we share a lot of stuff yes. in between but that also could be on premium capacity uh, okay i think i'm more with your point now because i think i was definitely taking the approach of looking at a larger organization and how they're looking like there's there's direct cost implications for making for buying more premium so you you know the and, needs and for maybe, reporting don't change right. how many of those maybe, needs get thrown into premium maybe does Maybe what I'm saying is you you can't have that expectation in every organization because it requires double licensing for consumers. Mm -hmm. I, I do and also all this is nullified when you talk about premium per user. Because in in sure. order to yeah, if, no, if seriously, going, no. I get it. Like none of this matters is, with premium per user. But you're not gonna PPU every single user in your order. You have the to. Bar, the people do. In order to access the report. It because it doesn't work right. with human capacity. Yeah. Right. You are correct. But I'm yes. But I'm saying the okay. So maybe for very super weird. small orgs, right? Okay. So yeah. Tommy's on the super small org, Seth's in the middle, and Mike's in, in the large org, right? Like mm -hmm. I guess my point is the vast majority of companies are gonna have a a very large consumption group, right? Versus the number of creators. Right. Well, I'm just giving the example that there's a lot of companies. A lot of organizations that are adopting the premium per user where yes. this doesn't work so anyways i the, so my my only note on here on, on premium per user is i do like it it gives you incredible amount of capacity to do whatever to do a lot of things so premium per user 
uh, can save you a lot of money for not having a bunch of premium SKUs rolling around your tenant. But you're right, Tommy, anyone you share stuff with from a premium per user workspace requires another premium per user license. Right. So I think the smaller organization set that you're talking about there actually makes more sense unless your audience is large enough where you could justify a premium per user, a premium SKU versus just going premium per user. Like anything like, you know, 200, 100 users in an organization, those ones are probably more apt to go towards the premium per user thing. But what I would say, Tommy, to your comment, when the premium per user falls apart is when you start getting complaints about this report is slow. When I click on this thing, it takes forever to load this table. There's, there's, it takes too long to load this data set. You're on a shared capacity. Yes, you do have a lot more compute and you can run a lot more at that data model, but there, you'll, you run into other problems with poorly written models. It, you know, oh. And then you get, you get the feedback, like this report stinks, it's slow, like, it can't get into stuff. Like, but that's poorly written DAX and potentially a, a poorly, uh, a non-star schema data structure, right? So you have to think through those, those issues. So that's a great transition for me because a question that I had. Thank you. you can, thank you. You can give me my cannoli later. <laughs> yeah. After we've already now thoroughly broke down licensing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, um, but part of this too, on the spoke idea, we've talked about that synergy, but there's more, I think more instances than not where, you already have something in place and there is no governance or process in place. So you have these bad data models out there that are already published or already available, or you don't have that authority to say, Hey, what are you doing here? And they go, Hey, this is my report mm -hmm. back off. Hands off. Think, right. Yeah. So like you're giving me the data, but I don't care what, in a sense, see that you're doing. I disagree with that mentality altogether. So do I. Yes. But it's because happens. if I'm giving you the data, there's some say like you can't just like okay give me the data walk away like if you're if you're if you're using oh. my my oh. model that i have on premium or whatever like if you're abusing that data set or that model whatever that is and it's causing your reports to be slow like this is a two-way street guys you can't well, brother let me open your eyes to the world so <laughs> <laughs> this is this is life if we don't have this implement or we just come into this situation one, people don't know, but then two, again, why would I listen to you? Yeah, you're the BI guy, but I'm doing my own analyst. I got my own problems, right? Agreed. So, and again, if you just say, by the way, your scheme is pretty bad here. They're going to go, okay, but everyone likes it. So, right. So buzz how off. weird buzz off. Yeah, exactly. What do we, what can we do when we're brought into the situation where, okay, we're either transforming the org, you're brought into a new role or you just lose it, right? Where we lose that process. How do you kind of regain that structure back? Because obviously we're dealing with a few different aspects here, not just process. Well, what you, what you do is you turn off incremental refresh. Then, then they'll be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I do need to work with you now because this data is one month stale now. Like my report doesn't work. Ah, surprise, surprise. I think I think that's an interesting point from the standpoint that like when when you're setting this up, right, you have to just in roles and responsibilities and mm -hmm. how teams interact, there's an there's a curve of evolution, right? Like when you're first starting out, you're gonna be a heavy player in that that business unit. You're gonna be helping training people, hopefully find a champion and and let them take off and then recede a bit, right? Mm -hmm. But what do you recede to? And I think this dovetails into the conversation where it's like, okay, well, we have a shared premium capacity across business units. 
how do you make sure that these units are are keeping in mind performance and other things that they need to because this isn't a, a a specific premium just for them unless they want it to be and that's where i think some of this what's always intrigued me is the cost structure of how how does the licensing get paid for and i think an easy way to to solve that problem is if you don't engage with the bi team when we're telling you you have performance or challenge or whatever issues like the percentage of your usage of premium capacity right is going to be predicated on how much you pay the organization on a monthly basis so when you tie cost to their ineptitude of building models or reports because they're they're utilizing more of um you know or causing issues within that capacity i think it is an interesting conversation wait so you're saying that you would do a monthly billing internally for premium totally 100 percent. 100 percent. you Ooh. should well i mean it's 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 pushing the cost like so some... how do you drive the action that you just discussed like Correct. they don't talk to me anymore they're just killing everybody in the premium capacity and they that. don't care <laughs> well make them care actually i'm gonna look on the roadmap i believe there are some features around that feature exactly as you just described it Sorry, keep going. But I think I, I think a build back model is really good. That's front, yeah. I, I worked in a client that had that, that exact issue. They had opened up premium. They were sharing it to a broader audience. People were building models. They weren't building good models. And they were like, we're out of premium. Stuff's slow. Things are failing. What's going on? And we looked at the premium and we're like, well, this one team that has this one report is refreshing everything. The entirety of the model every single time it refreshes. That's what's killing your capacity. And even now when you're on um, on premium, right? They have these, like you can even like, uh, what they call it, spikes. It's it's a scale out mm -hmm. on a premium. So again, you can you can use your premium and then on those load times where the, the processing gets very heavy on the back end, you can, you can allow it to auto scale above and add some extra capacity to handle all the refreshing of your models. So auto auto scale scares me though, man, because like oh, if totally you hit does. the threshold where you hit, where you it hit may auto never scale, turn off. right. It just escalates to 24 hours. Yes. Right. And Recording then you didn't stock, solve yeah. your problem. Right. You just hid the problem. Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, I think there are occasional, except like, for the bill. Yeah, the exactly. bill's the not, bill's not, not going to be extra That's money. This year. Finance, How much? finance is going to come at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any, I mean, anyone can build a model. Anyone can build these things and just let it go. But I think, I think where you, where mm -hmm. the skill comes in is how can you build these things in a way that are optimized? How can you build these things yeah. in a way that scale well? I mean, I, and I will say that there are there are occasional bursty loads that do occur, right? If you're refreshing a model that's on incremental refresh, that incrementally refreshing model will create a massive load for a short period of time because it's trying to load all the partitions. So so Chris Wagner kind of voiced what I was trying to conceive in my head where the the uh, chargeback is nearly impossible for a lot of organizations because politics is the challenge where, mm -hmm. yeah, if we were all computers and you can easily build that's in an easier way to do it based on percentage of use. But yep. you're dealing with managers who are going saying, what's what are you sending me an invoice? We're at, we work at the same company. They're like, oh, no, it's just the usage. I'm telling I, you I don't though. see that playing well. So, so, so I would, I would, I, I can see that, right? Which is why I said it, it's an interesting conversation, right? Yeah. But I do think that quantifying or building a report 
to identify for the organization where the majority of cost is being consumed or used or et cetera within your premium capacities, because I'm going to be the one that has to go to finance and say, I need another capacity, mm-hmm. right? Like, why do you need another capacity? Like, I have to explain or justify like what we could do to not have to get another capacity. So it's the same conversation, right? We know that one of the largest, like one of our models and where all of our CPU is going is over here. It's not on usage. And we know that it's because this, this unit isn't working with us and we need to get in there and we need to performance tune. Great. Get in there and performance tune. Then it doesn't matter what they're saying. If you have a combative person issue with a spoke, then you're justifying the reason why you need to go in there or maybe be a little bit more hands-on because of course they're going to choose that, I would assume, over just being like, yeah, spend another five grand per month or whatever. Mm -hmm. So are you billing regardless just of total, in a sense, usage on the capacity? Because then they're getting charged for the same amount if they're getting a lot of usage for a great report or for a poor report that... That's, also is getting but I think so that, then they're, but I they're think, in a sense you're using it as a penalty for both a lot of usage well, well i mean no what, but doesn't no, that seem fair, if you have a high no if you yeah. have a high usage report then then that is something that's justified yep right that's saying like hey okay. um the reason we need it is because this business unit is crushing it they created this report that the entire organization uses and delivers these insights and everybody uses it every day that's a fantastic problem to have Right. And that and justifies the cost of additional premium capacity. Right. But at but at the same time, like it's it's a difference between does this make sense because our organization is getting tons of value out of it, or is it because we have technical debt that we need to go clean up? Yes. Yeah. And that's See, that's the whole point, I guess, in my mind, of being the BI team that does performance tuning, goes in and helps people build more performant models or you know, escalate and engage know. with with those units. I I think in theory you know, it sounds you don't like good. My ideas. In theory, it does. Where, I just where does it fall apart in practical? Because no matter what, you're using the charge as a penalty. Uh, in both situations where they might have great reports, you're still charging the same amount. And then let's say usage falls off, and now they have a bad data model. You're going to deal with either someone who's used to paying a high amount at a particular or department. But that's on that Who team. Just doesn't though. care. But that's on that he, team. If that team doesn't see, see some sort, like you, ch- you only change behavior with with hitting someone's wallet to some degree, right? If you if you have it, like to your point, right? The report was good. It was consuming a lot of resources. It if the usage fell off and that data model is still taking a lot of cost to keep up and run, what you've you've likely moved your analytics or people are moved on to other models that are being used to grab that data. So where I'm at is like, okay, if that's true, then how do you sunset? Like that, this is the idea of like that department should be planning obsolescence of some reports and teaching those users, here's the new report, here's what we're moving to, and they're going to shut that thing down. No, you know what works is the same thing I do with my kids when they don't listen. Click, turn off kind of thing. So- turn, off the t- <laughs> turn off the premium? Yeah. Well, in the sense of like, there's the note to me, a better approach where you can at least have the more documentation and only in a sense penalize for bad modeling or lack of listening. Because again, I don't want to charge someone extra because they have great reports that everyone's using because you're, you're using the same index or the same measurement 
uh, in both situ- situations that I don't think plays well of, of cost of charging to me, what works is, Hey, by the way, you, this model is not getting usage and is 30% of our, our premium capacity. You need to fix this in the next week or so, or we're going to turn off this report because we cannot have this on our premium capacity. So to so- me, like to me, the, like that's one where you go, Hey, we documented this is high usage or low usage, but it is killing our premium I, capacity. I found, Tommy, this is the thing. I, it's coming, dude. I just found it. I'm so excited. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, June 2022, chargeback reporting for Power BI premium administrators. Like, it's a thing. And, and maybe that maybe that dovetails to Chris's comment where there there was uh, the, the politics of organizations have made that impossible until maybe. you make it may, until you automate it and make it possible because they can't not do it right, <laughs> right? Like if you're mm-hmm. using it which is funny i do think though that this regardless of how how you get spokes to play right yeah i think it's this does bring forward i think having enough monitoring and automation to Ooh. that that the hub understands or has a pulse on what is happening within the organization because you are going to be responsible for and have to talk to the administration mm, yeah. and ownership of all of this within the org so it's imperative to have that type of insight and reporting built on top before you unleash things i like that a lot know, to actually a, to a larger degree yep. and you know even kind of dovetailing off of you know chris wagner's point maybe right. you publicly put those reports out there mm-hmm. right so everybody yeah. has access to see and understand who's who using is, what who is the problem <laughs> or like or or you know where do the best reports come from, you know, to put it in a better positive light, you know, yeah, which, right. which of your tentacles or spokes, you know, is having the largest impact on the organization. And maybe you incentivize, you know, that as far as uh, promoting data culture. Right. Maybe, maybe, like maybe that. you give, you know, maybe you give them, uh, you know, you, you prorate their, their amounts, right? Okay, here you go. Here's, <laughs> right. here's the, here's the premium. Yeah. We're here's gonna the just, percentage breakdown. Here's, here's, here's the percentage 30%. breakdown. Oh, I see. I see you've gone through, you know, uh, here's the data quality of your, of your department. And we see that all of your models have gone through reviews. We're going to give you a 15% discount and we will absorb some of that cost so for your department for good behavior. Now that, no, seriously, I think that's where, because that's my biggest hurdle here is it's very hard for me to comprehend using the same unit of measurement cost for both something very positive and very mm-hmm. negative. Mm-hmm. It's like doing the same thing to your dog when he pees in the house and outside. And he's like, okay, like which one's better. And obviously this is a conversation that probably needs to dive in more because apparently Marquette university did a whole study on this. Mm-hmm. Chris Wagner saying, and I didn't go, go to Marquette probably would have gotten accepted anyways. So some smarter people have thought about this, <laughs> but no, I, I think there's, there's a mix of the cost, but also I think that ability of, if you don't play by these certain rules, right. Then you cannot, in a sense, publish reports mm-hmm. where as the admin, we have that ability. And when people start raising a ruckus, it's like, this is a data model that's unfortunately very bloated. Please talk to the author for them to fix it. But and I, then it's, instead it's not on the admin. Exactly. And I, I think I think there is again to these to the process part of this, or even maybe part of the technology, right? The, I think the process and the technology pieces go hand in hand here. Just having a clear exp, a clear 
documented way of how the business and the hub and the spokes will work together. Just having some clear expectations. Hey, look, these are the expectations for certified data sets. These are the expectations to get to, to premium. I think just listing those things out and having those things there, because at some level, the, the central BI team holds some of the keys to the castle and they, they need, mm -hmm. like, in order for you to play with the data that we're going to give you, we need engagement from your leader that says we're going to commit to allowing Tommy to go talk to these different uh, spokes and they're going to be guaranteed a you know amount of hours per month that they're going to be integrating, working with, improving based on connections to that central BI team. Without those commitments, I don't think you even like open things up. You don't, yeah. you don't provide access. Right. Oh man, this has been a really good discussion again. Are we at that time, gentlemen? Are we at time here? We, we are at that time. We are at that time. Where life has to start again. <laughs> Mike, enjoy your uh, vacation thing. Yeah, I'll be doing. I'll be working. I'll be traveling. So, so just FYI for those of you who are who are avid listeners, um, we will be doing Thursday's episode via a recording. So we already recorded that one. So that'll be happening on Thursday. Um, catch that one on Thursday. We'll try and catch the the chat window. the The chat messages will probably be in there as well. Um, having discussions during thursday um i'm traveling for some family stuff and so i be able to do the podcast from home so we'll we'll be back at it live again next week uh, but with that we all we were <gasps> yeah happy tuesday oh, oh gosh. my goodness <gasps> this that was, that is... was, wow that was almost a tragedy that was almost a, that was almost epic fail <laughs> on your side that would have been the last podcast wow. You know what? There would have been like a whole one person <laughs> in the entire audience that would have had a bad day because they missed now, their happy now you Tuesday. Gotta, now you've now you've got to listen through the whole podcast to get the happy <laughs> to see if you. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing! <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate your time. I hope you have had some uh, good insights or discussion here. Thank you for the chat. Uh, awesome, you guys did amazing. A lot of great points. Good documentation pieces you brought up. Really uh, love the experience and knowledge that comes through the chat. So thank you very much for participating. If you like this conversation, please share it with somebody else. If you like what, what we're saying here regularly, uh, please you know subscribe and hit the like button or the bell like button subscribe whatever hit buttons and things <laughs> press all the buttons and hopefully it goes it goes better anyways tommy where else can you find the podcast you know usually most people get that's better you, at you, these uh, types of that's that's how you the start streaming every morning you start hitting buttons this should right? just, just tell you everything you need to know working most people just, get, doesn't. <laughs> just hit keys smash must smash keyboard must stream podcast most people get better with the template of things they say over time we've gotten progressively worse <laughs> we, we yeah yeah so but yeah, definitely listen to Thursday. You know, guys, our our late night ones because we recorded pretty late. Get silly, oh, and it's, silly. it's a it's a it's a pretty uh, it's good. It's a pretty one. I Zelda laugh at comes it. up. That's gonna be my little teaser. So oh man, yeah. Anyways, please if you are listening, subscribe on uh, to Apple, Spotify, leave a rating. It helps us out a ton. And if you are listening, watch us uh, live. Join the conversation. We have a great community. We love hearing from you guys and uh, your your suggestions, refuting us, our idiotic takes, and helping really frame it. Also, as to Mike's point, please share. We, we really appreciate it. We love this community, so we'd love to see it grow. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you on recording on Thursday, and we'll see you live next week. Thank you.